Hi everyone, welcome back for another live. Um, I'm Julia DeMauro, the founder of the IBD Hub, and today my guest is Sarah Moylan from MVRTV, and we're going to talk about the importance of business development for architecture practices. And I would love for you to participate. So if you have any questions for us, just put them in the comments. We'll read them out as we go. Um, and hi, Sarah. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining and sharing your experience as a business developer. Um, you're the head of the business development uh, team for MVRDV. Um, so would you like to introduce yourself a little bit for, for the audience? Sure thing. Happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Sure. Um, so yeah, I'm a global head of business development for MVRDV. Um, we have four satellite, well, we have our home office uh, and three satellite offices. So I oversee and contribute to the strategy of our acquisition process for uh, new projects. Um, I'm trained as an architect and actually also did a, a degree in fine art. So I come circuitously, which we'll talk about more, uh, to, to this role. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, we had many conversations about this topic offline. So that's why it's, it's really important to have this conversation because uh, very often business development is really misunderstood <laughs> in the architecture world. So my first question to you is, what is really business development for architects? Um, so could you explain a little bit more what your job is about, what kind of skills you need to have? And um, yeah, what are your tasks? Sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting for me also coming, as you can hear, I've got an American uh, accent a bit. So, so the experience that I have in, uh, and in my own training working within business development, and you might call it more communications and marketing mm -hmm. as well. Um, whereas in Europe, I've experienced that it's more specifically business development and PR. So it's kind of, it's all the aspects of how you're going to realize the architecture. It's the, um, the work that needs to be done to make the projects happen, to acquire the projects. Um, it's a lot of, you know, and, and we'll talk probably more about this a bit, but I, you know, I see architecture and urban design as also a customer service, as a public service. And so business development, the work that we do is about creating relationships um, you know, you could call it a bit of sales, but I think it's, it's, these are such big projects that it goes beyond selling the product and selling the service. It's about creating relationships and establishing trust. Um, but then simultaneously, of course, there's the commercial aspects of it, right? You have to be able to talk, uh, kind of quite knowledgeably about what it takes to deliver a project um what it's going to cost etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think there's a lot of aspects of the pre-work of kind of acquiring projects yeah i completely agree and also you know it scares a lot of architects that are mm -hmm. starting their business or yeah. that are in business um 
Yeah. And very often what I see with my clients is that when they start with their practice, they have maybe some friends of friends or like some local connections that they can rely on for the first few, few projects. But then what happens afterwards? Like what happens after you um, use the contacts that you have around <laughs> you, right? Yeah. Like, so uh, MVRDV is international, right? Um, which makes it sometimes probably harder to keep these relationships alive across the different countries so how how do you guys go about this yeah it's it's there's so many there's a multiple of ways and of course you know i have you know my team is we're about nine people now um along with a couple of people in shanghai but we don't work exclusively as a team. You know, we work together with the studios, with the studio directors, the partners, the founding partners, and so forth. It's it's a collective approach. Um, so indeed, kind of uh, keeping track of the conversations as well that different people are having is really a kind of part of open communication within the organization. Um, I I've talked a bit to uh, to people about kind of having the clients inside our, our organization and clients outside our organization, if you will. So, you know, we are looking to work with our teams, our, our architects and designers and so forth to get them the best project. So we always have to keep those conversations going and keep those contacts going. So there might be things that we people we already know or that sort of thing. But then on the other side, there might be cold calling, right? Yeah. People, how are you gonna present yourself um, how do you follow potential projects? Um, so there's a lot of research involved. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a lot of different methods, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, also, the other thing is, is that uh, there is no real training for business development for architects. And yeah, now we already spoke about this, right? Um, so what are the misconceptions about the job of bus a business developer? <laughs> I, think, I think some of it is that we're secretarial, if you will, mm. that we're, we just push papers, do administration. Um, I think the soft skills of what we do um, rely on a knowledge of the built environment. Um, they rely on kind of creative thinking. Um, and I think that there's a sense that it's not a creative job. And actually, I would argue that it's very creative um, it is, yeah. and, and requires creative thinking, uh, um, of course. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of put off to the side. I think there's other supporting forms of, of architecture that are like that as well. But we, you know, I think we're very integral into the process. Yeah, like I remember when I switched from being an architect to business developer, um, a lot of my friends that were architects were like, but do you not miss the creativity part? And I was like, I've never been so creative in my whole life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Because you have to come up with options and you have to come up with, um, you know, relationships. It's also about storytelling. How do you tell exactly. a story about the company, about the project? Um, you know, there is so many dimensions to it. It's um, diplomatic work, right? I mean, you yeah. have to, there's a diplomacy involved. And with that comes negotiation skills and, you know, thinking about who are the best people positioned? How are you going to form your team? How do we how do we deliver this in the best way? Um, yeah, no, I think it's really 
and thinking about how different projects have been delivered before. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it is really, you have to have a broad knowledge um, and you're working quickly as well, right? You're yeah. not, you know, it is very different than working on an, on an architectural project or even, a, you know, a smaller architectural project or so, but we work on so many opportunities throughout the yeah. year. And so you have to shift gears quite quickly. Um, yeah, you also have to be prepared for a lot of um, results that might not fall in your favor, shall we say, and yeah. uh, the disappointment that that can. And so you pick yourself back up again every single day and yeah. get back to it. Yeah. Do you, do you think you, you have to be a generalist in order to be a business developer? That's a tough question because if I think about the team that you know that I'm working with right now, we're not all architects. Um, mm -hmm. We come from a lot of different fields, and you know, similarly, when I actually when I did my my architecture degree at UCLA, it was also people were coming from all these different backgrounds as well for the yeah. first degree, and I think that adds a lot of depth to our approach and to um, our ways of thinking about and problem solving, if you yeah. will. So I'm not quite sure a generalist really captures it. I think it's good to have your, you know, kind of focused skills. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you have to have broad thinking. Yeah. Uh, and be able to kind of put yourself in other people's shoes, um, put yourself in the mind of the client, put yourself in the mind of the architects, you know, yeah. and kind of that's where that client in, client out thing comes and becomes yeah. really important. No, I agree. Uh, for me, for me, being a generalist helped me a lot in terms mm -hmm. of like, I'm, for instance, I'm able to talk about any topic yeah. and understand a little bit of everything. So it helps me to um, really adapt to the type of clientele or like the type of problems that they have and so on. So I think if I personally, yeah. if I was a general, uh, a specialist, um, it would be very difficult for me to uh, to get deals in. But then I also know some business development uh, uh, managers or directors that are really specialized in writing the best um, motivation letters or writing the best, uh, uh, you know, uh, RFPs and, and everything. And they're just specialized in this. Mm -hmm. So. It's really interesting to see both sides of the metal for, for business development. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, and that's where it's also, it's not this one definition of what it is to be a business developer. I think that is like yeah. the skills are, are broad. Yeah. There is um, a spectrum of. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's super interesting because actually business development is like a brand new job if you think about it because back in the well back in the days we talk about like 10 years ago probably um architecture practices even the biggest ones in in the world were still kind of national or like local they had projects like nearby right so it was easy to cover the business development side of mm -hmm. things with the partners and the founders and you know people that were already in the team but now that companies start going abroad and internationally it you need some people to help out to create these connections and um you know be everywhere in the world in order to trigger opportunities 
Um, consistency as well. Yeah. Consistency of message, consistency of brand, of, of identity. Um, yeah, I think I think what, you know, and also the, the truth of the matter is that the architects, designers, and so forth are, are doing business development, sure. even though they don't maybe ever talk about it that way. But yeah. we can be focused. We can be dedicated. We can be, you know, on call to, you know, jump onto anything that is needed. And that's, you know, that's the, how quick we were going through projects as well. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. That's very true. But it's, it, I think it's very interesting because you can then adapt mm -hmm. to the type of clients better because you have people from all over the, especially MVRDV, you have people from all over the world. So each each of you can add something also to understand the culture of the client and, and their expectations. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it for us, um, you know, just on our home markets alone, it's China, uh, Netherlands, of course, France and, and Germany. So yeah. all, already we need people who are fluent in those languages. Yeah. And so how do we also learn across uh, different geographies, regions and so forth for ourselves? Um, and so we've been working to um, try to share those um, experiences as well. So, you know, um, if we're working on a French acquisition, uh, try to have more people who also might speak the language or who under, you know, can support in some way. So it's, it's ways of not isolating the, the work or the opportunity or the approach as well. Yeah, because otherwise you lose the, the vision of, of the company if it's if the story is told in different ways yeah. in different countries. And exactly. So and what can we learn from each other from that too? I think yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, that's super important. I agree. Um, guys, if you have any questions, again, yeah, please comment and we'll we will take them um, every time that you write them down. Um, Right. So what has been your journey <laughs> that led you to become business um, developer in the architecture world? I'm sure this is a fascinating story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I, I think about my trajectory in my professional life and before, and it's, it's a very, it's a long story uh, yeah. to some extent, and it, and it comes from many different um, experiences, but um yeah, I mean, I started, my first degree was in fine art, uh, doing photography and printmaking and large scale installation. Um, and then, and you know, we've also, I've, I've also lived in several places around the world. Um, so from Wisconsin, originally uh, doing my undergraduate degree in Washington DC, living in Ireland, uh, living in London. Um, yeah. But from DC, I went to Ireland after getting my BFA and was managing a restaurant. And at that stage, um, had a conversation. It was a new, a new restaurant that was being designed by a young architect. And I remember having a great conversation with him because in working in the re the restaurant was beautiful. But in working in the restaurant, it was a bit. There were some challenges, shall, shall I say? And I was, I was kind of thinking, you know, hey, what, from a from a worker's perspective, this isn't feeling right, you know. Mm. Um, and that was kind of leading me into thinking about going into architecture, which I eventually did. Went to UCLA, and did a master's in architecture, and then was working. I've worked in several different firms, kind of moving from being a designer to. 
um, studio managing to project management to um, you know being the uh, project architect um, and from you know my first job which was just myself and and, and the woman who was running the, the firm Sarah Sarah Walker uh, I learned a lot um, and then kept taking that forward to each job that I was doing um, at some stage uh, decided to move to the Netherlands. I was in New York after working for a couple of firms there as an architect, um, and then found myself uh, after a stint at OMA as a senior architect, um, working for Starbucks. Yeah. And Starbucks, I started off as a designer, mm-hmm. um, and then moved into uh, the real estate development team. Yeah. And that took me, I mean, all of these together uh, sort of took me through different aspects of what it was to deliver projects, to get projects in, to think about the commercial aspects of the projects. Um, and when Starbucks closed its headquarters in Amsterdam, I started looking for my next new opportunity. And this came up at, at, at NVRDB. And though it hasn't been, um, so I haven't followed a kind of a business development exact route um, you know, doing this work is, is, is exactly what I've been doing kind of in different forms for yeah. 20 plus years or so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's but it's of, great. I mean, I think there is no, no right path no. for a business developer. I haven't no. actually met anybody that has done, you know, a, nor- a normal path because there's not really a, a training for it. Right. Yeah. Like, um, so my story is quite similar. I also traveled all over the world. Um, and while I was studying architecture, I was also um, yeah, a PR manager for a nightclub, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, we were doing, yeah, we were doing like uh, international nights for, for students and um, on there, I, I learned how to talk to clients and get them to book tables and do the marketing part and the promoting part. And then when I finished architecture, I briefly started teaching at Manchester University and then I got hired at MVRDV. So I also moved to the Netherlands <laughs> for that reason. Um, and then at MVRDV, you know, I also touched upon, uh, you know, uh, project leading for the French uh, department and um, you know I was used almost as a connector between the client and and right. the internal team and then I moved to powerhouse and Hector Hoogset where slowly it became evident to me that business development was going to be the right um, title to bring in all the skills that I could provide right because I was never the type to be behind the computer and change like the windows or the doors because i'm not a specialist again you know so it's it's really crazy how in the end like you become a business developer overnight (laughs) without really like having a very specific path or specific degree um to do that so and i know a lot of of people that especially students that are currently like working uh, in master of architecture and that feel like maybe that's not really the the right fit and i would definitely encourage these people to to investigate whether business development can be a good thing as well because they like the leading part and the, right. the connections with people 
Exactly. But you know, uh, they don't really know. They don't know how to label it sometimes, yeah. right? So, I mean, you know, if I think about why I got into architecture, it was because I really felt that there could be an impact in our social lives uh, through the built environment. Yeah. But simultaneously, you know, I was I was working in restaurants, and you know, I loved that work actually. Yeah. I, I'm a huge, you know, yeah, I love to eat, I love to drink, I love that experience. And so I really enjoyed sharing that with people who would come into the restaurant and would be enthusiastic about like, oh, you should try this and that. And, and taking that enthusiasm and being able to talk to other, you know, clients yeah. in the built environment world is, is, is also I can, I can do it and I enjoy doing it and I enjoy helping them see what is so great about the work that we do and why they need exactly. to work with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay if I'm not making the building, but that took me some time. <laughs> it took yeah. me some time because you do, you spend so much time in architecture school and you're there every single day for 24 hours a day and you're working very hard. Um, and so, and there's so much emphasis put on the design that pen to paper or, you know, hand to mouse or however, and there's so there's so much more about that that design achieving the realization of that making it actually happen, and I think oh it took me many years to feel comfortable to say that I'm okay to back off from that and look at it from a different perspective, yeah, um, and facilitate architecture. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's the right word, like to yeah. be a connector between yeah. the client and the architect. Because very often, yeah. actually, client like architects speak with architecture very like architecture words, and and so sometimes it doesn't click with the client because they just the client can't relate, and that exactly. has to do also with the, with the fact that in architecture, when we 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 are at university, we are taught to do reviews um to other architects so we just speak from one architect to the other we're not used to speak simply to different clients from different fields um and that's really where we can be a an add-on also the business side of things the negotiation the yeah. collaboration the follow-up you know that that is something to add on top of just the architecture itself which is great but you need to to get the project eventually right so, <laughs> so that's why we are so important in a way but it's you know i think and i think there's it not that we're under I, you know i, I <laughs> thank you well, yeah. okay. um you know i was uh, when we start talking about how to talk about architecture, I mean, the conversation I also have is about the commercialization or the commercial aspects of architecture. I mean, when I when I was when I grew up, when I was starting studying, even nobody told me that architects were paid poorly. Nobody told me that after the amount of time and effort and money that I had to invest in my uh, in my education, education yeah. I would have a huge debt and I wouldn't be able to pay it off because actually you don't get paid anything and you have yeah. to do tons of internships. And it's that also that's a motivation for me for doing this work because I believe strongly that architects are usually terribly underpaid. We completely, um, we compete with each other 
and you know undersell ourselves to get that job and then we're undervalued and our yeah. work is so critical to what is our world and we should be valued for that and so that yeah. is one of the things that i i really feel strongly about and want to um promote shall we say and encourage hmm. Uh, is so is there a dimension in your work where you also help to look at maybe the the business itself the business model and how it's built yeah i mean i think it's it's a tricky one because um depending on the size of the firm also the agility to kind of take it in a different direction or to think about you know are we going to invest could we invest and then see mm. returns on that investment through the sales of something. I think that model is more apt for maybe a different type of firm, let's put it that way. Mm. But I think that there are models and I mean, design build has been talked about a lot and so forth. And I think you can be creative in how you think about your fees and um, you know how to get you know, get talk with a client potential, maybe we can do it this way or that way or, or so forth. But um, yeah, we're all, I think we're also always trying to push that boundary a bit too. And yeah, play with delivery. But ultimately, you know, it's, it's you know, I, I remember back in New York, you know, it was the early 2000s and watching you know, what was standard for architects to get like 10%, you know, yeah. just on the construction costs, for example, for the fees, just slowly start to go down. It was like somebody was going to come in at 8%, so then the next person was coming down at 6%. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just like, It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we have talked about business models before in, in the live um, for architects, and one of the, the things that... Uh, came up was the fact that um, you know architects are taking a percentage of the construction costs, but what if they were taking a percentage of the value of the building once exactly. it's delivered, right? Exactly. <laughs> Wouldn't that make more sense, yeah. guys? <laughs> but then we made an inquiry to know, okay, who, how many architects would take the risk to have a lower fee throughout the phases? Um, but then get shares of the building or get, you know, an incentive on, on when the apartments, for instance, or the building is sold, right? Right. And 90% uh, of the architects said it's too risky. I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it's the mentality. The business mentality is, is, is yet not there, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Because in, instead of seeing it as an opportunity, they just stick to business as usual in some cases. Um, and, and they're so passionate about their design that, you know, they prefer to, to get the building out and be rewarded for the building itself than thinking about opportunities of, you know, business opportunities in a way, right? Um, at least from my, my personal experience um, of, of architects in, in general but um and it's tough because we want to change things we want to to you know be more paid more for our value have more to to say within the team uh and not just be a consultant but be the the master consultant of yeah. 
the design. But in, in order to do that, you need to position yourself in a business-wise in a smart way as well, right? Um, so, yeah. And also think about, I mean, you know, I think it's also what does it take to deliver the best project? And there's there's a practice of kind of, you know, of, of over, I don't want to say overworking, but, um, you know, one of the things that is tough is how do you, how do you put hours onto the design process? Mm -hmm. And then how do you compensate for that? And that's a really tricky, you know, when do you say enough is enough? And how do you make sure that, you know, the people working on the team are, are doing well for themselves and for the project. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the business model of architecture is a tr creative field. Yeah. You can't limit it. And so, yeah. you know, how do you make sure it's, it's healthy, I guess. Also. Yeah. That, that, that for me is due to the fact that uh, architects are emotionally attached to design. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, if you tell a client, okay, I'm going to do a uh, hundred hours on, on this, um, they end up doing the double because they're like, oh, even though he's going to pick one option, I'm going to make as many options as possible. And, you know, it's about understanding, no, you do three, you work just on three, <laughs> you will give comments in any case on these three, and then you can make the final yeah. option, right? You don't need yeah. to make 300 options of all kinds, um, you know, these discussions, right? <laughs> I yeah, mean, and that's hard to limit sometimes in the creative process, especially. Yeah. But but to that point, I believe that you know our work shouldn't be valued on the hour. You know, yeah. we it's it's a very to to say that you know you're going to buy one hour worth of uh, MVRDV. It, it it's like you can't even say what that would what you would deliver. Yeah. And so that's where I also think. You know, when you talk about business models and sort of feed production and so forth, I think we have to be creative about, you know, what what happens internally, but what then what is being delivered and how yeah. do you present that to the client and 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 you know ultimately also you want the client to believe in. I mean, this has been a conversation with architecture always, like sure. the value of architects, the value of architecture. Yeah. What is you know how some clients you really need to convince. They think like I'm just gonna, you know, and of course, if they're just gonna do a box, let them do a box. But like, <laughs> you know, it's you have to do some education as well, yeah, convincing and so forth. Yeah, but I also think you know, um, for there are some developers that or clients that are willing to give out shares of the building yeah. because for them it's less risky in a way to to pay the architect uh, ahead. And then just use him as a consultant and then just keep keep moving on. But, um, you know, I think people are not mentally ready for that. But th that's also why we have these conversations, <laughs> because we want to open people's mindset on it. But, uh, you know, uh, it's about thinking about it in a different way. And and that can definitely um, allow you to... to um, you know, push forward and have more responsibility and more grip on what is going on because a lot of real estate developers, also a lot of institution, housing institutions and stuff are now taking the role of the designer because they're like, yeah, I'll just I'll just do it myself, right? Um, so exactly. because they can't pay ahead or they cannot, you know, um, they cannot I think I think it's also you know how do you change the com how do you 
engage a conversation so that when, for example, competitions are run, that competition mm -hmm. fees are actually something that you can work with. Yeah. Um, that aren't going to break the bank or that you're not always going to have to make an investment on like that is mm -hmm. that, that are actually fairly paid. Sure. Um, where does that, you know, why, why does that have to be that way? What can we do to, you know, encourage more uh, around that to, to, so that it's a fair procedure, but, you know, it's also, um, you want to have it, an open invitation, of course, for all sorts of people to join. Yeah. Um, but usually with the smaller firms and younger firms, they're more agile and they can, you know, join such competitions and so forth. For larger yeah. firms um, that are maybe more established or so, like there's more at stake. So how, mm. how can we balance that out? Yeah, no, indeed. I, I understand it. And, you know, we had conversation about also the, the competition part, which is... Yeah. Um, you know, a very touchy subject. And the problem comes from the fact that we don't stay united as architects, because if we stayed united and say, okay, we're, we're against that, um, then this would simply not happen. <laughs> but because yeah, we're constantly yeah. in competition, um, then, it, you know, it gives uh, the opportunity to clients to, to, do, to treat it that way. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's unfortunately it is the way it is. I know that the FA front, I don't know if you ever heard of them, the Future Architecture Front, um, they're from Great Britain. They're trying to denounce all these things. They're trying to create a community of architects that, you know, is is going to be treated fairly and also not only just as businesses, but also as employees and, and be paid correctly and, and so on. So. Uh, you know, initiatives like this are going to make things move forward, hopefully, yeah. to make the in industry a little bit more powerful and more um, healthy, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one last question for you. Um, how is MVRDV structured for business development? If you, if you don't mind me asking, of course, if it's something private, then you can. No, I mean, in the, in the, we have, so we actually have a strategy and development studio. Mm -hmm. And in that studio is business development, PR, public relations. And we also have a visualization department that's within that studio. Okay. Um, and so we have eight other design studios as part of uh, MVRDV. Um, and our, then our function of BD sits in that, oops. <laughs> Sorry, it's live. Yeah, it is live. So our function sits within the, the strategy studio. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're in regular communication and so forth with all the studios. So um, we have direct links with each studio, we have regular meetings with them, regular meetings with the management team, um, regular meetings with the founding partners. So doing our best to keep um, everything, keep the communication open yeah. and transparent and sharing. Um, and depending on, you know, what we're looking at or so, we might, you know, start a new meeting string, if you will, um, to make sure that we're all sharing the information. Um, yeah, I, I really encourage just open conversations, open communication. Um, you know, how can we support? How, where can where do you need us? What can we get from you? Know how can you help us? Those yeah. types of things. So I don't know if that answers the question. You're, yeah, you're I mean, for me, it's it's you know, I worked 
as a business developer, but in, in smaller companies. Um, um, and for me, I find it that, you know, my, my job was always a multitude of tasks. So mm -hmm. going from PR to business development to uh, pitching the competition and so on. So um, how do you make sure that, you know, there is kind of an umbrella that yeah. you know, makes sure that everything is aligned in a way? Yeah, because we're the ones who are at the front end, if you will, of, you know, the, the first contact with the client many times, not always. I mean, that sometimes is coming directly from other folks in the office or so. But if we're following a project and it's maybe, or even a public tender or whatever it is, if we're following a project, we have a lot of information and we want to make sure that that information and those commun that communication has been fully transferred over to the studios as well. So it's, it's you know, bringing studios on at an early stage, bringing, you know, and, and, and sharing the leads and being open about what we're looking at. And we're doing more around sharing, um, you know, kind of reports or if you will, communications on, mm. on what it is we are looking at. So every week we'll, we'll share that list. Um, but it, it is, it's, it, has to, it has to come from us as an entire office, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't work if you're just working in isolation. Yeah, indeed, it must be quite uh, challenging. Uh, every day to to keep track of the story of each project across all departments, uh, whether it's PR the way that they advertise it, or um, business development the way you pitch it, and you know they, they, there is so many yeah. uh, things. It's identity content as well, right? I mean, yeah. it's like how are you telling that story? So you know, yeah. our our collateral, if you will, so our portfolio, our our pitch documents and so forth. Um, that's part of, you know, we have graphic designers that also kind of keep a, yeah. a kind of house style. And that then feeds to the work that the architects are doing as well and what they're producing. But that's, that is, it's a lot of work. You know, it is. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. yeah, indeed. No, I can totally, uh, um, yeah, agree with I mean, that. copywriters, I mean, if you think about all the team, right? <laughs> you know, you have copywriters, you have content managers, you have, you know, uh, social media. Social media. Yeah. Exactly. And and so all of this has to still say we're MVRDD. Now, I think one of the beauties of, of, of who we are is that we're a little, you know, we're kind of raw, we're rough around the yeah. edges and so forth. And that, you know, that's, it's very personal in that respect, which is nice. It's, it's not it's not polished by any stretch of the imagination and, and we wouldn't want it any other way. Um, no. But indeed, like we have to know what, especially as we've gotten bigger, we have to know what happened over there to make sure that we're not you yeah. know, stepping on each other's toes. Yeah. But I think it's, it's the right strategy. I, I'm a, a strong believer to um, do instead of being a perfectionist. So yeah. like do as much as possible instead of, stopping on every single detail and make it perfect and then actually not get out as much information or as many um things out uh you know so um yeah i definitely think it's it's the right strategy to do as much as possible but without being too picky also in in certain things um you want to leverage the, pr the priorities uh mm -hmm. in a wise way so that you have the maximum impact on people so um you know 
Yeah. A, I think that I think that's a, a big thing. What is the criteria you're looking for? What kind of standards do you want to have? Um, yeah. And what what are the projects that you really want? Um, yeah. We talk a lot about that. Like, it does the client's ambition meet meet our own? Um, so that kind of work, you know, kind of decision making process is also done collectively. But we yeah. have a certain sense of like, yeah, that that makes sense. That feels right. Um, based on what we, everything we know and yeah. everything we think about for the firm and so forth. But we're, you know, again, it's like, it is a constant check-in as well yeah. um, to make sure that we're all, you know, on the same page. Yeah. How many are you now? Yeah, we're, we're almost 30, 300. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I came in, I think um, we were a hundred, shy yeah, of a hundred or something. Yeah. It's That's been amazing. a it's been a really kind of incredible couple of years. Yeah. Um, Berlin, our Berlin office opened last year with four people, and we're we're moving Sorry. we're moving offices already. So um, yeah. no, it's really exciting. Um, you know, and it's the more we're kind of and we've got some great projects coming out, as you, I'm sure you may know. But the depot just you know will open to the public. Uh, the Rotterdam the Boylan's depot will open to the public in in the fall. I was in that project. <laughs> it's stunning. It really is stunning. I'm you know, really looking forward to see the staircase inside. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I worked yeah, on I, that BIM model for days. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I've appreciated the the detailed work. I mean, I've been through the space, and it's yeah. it's really something else. And wow. and that wow. that alone, just walking through that space. It, super exciting and outside of it as well and what it's doing for the city yeah um, now we've got some nice really great projects that are happening around the world yeah um so it's exciting times i have one last question for you um because of course like mvrdv you know being known you probably get a lot of projects on the table and then sometimes you have to say no do you yeah, yeah, we're starting to, it's, it's a little bit of a difficulty now, a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. We've, yeah, it's tough. I mean, um, we try to have conversations with folks who bring something, who are interested in working with us, and see if we can, you know, maybe look at, you know, pushing it out a little bit or mm -hmm. so. Um, and that's part of, you know, the work we do. Can we think about it differently? Can we come at it? You know, can we start in one aspect now and do it later? Yeah. Um, but we're, you know, it's, we're in a privileged position to be able to say like, yeah, we can't do everything anymore, but yeah. we certainly try. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But it gives you, in a way, it gives you um, a position where you can be more bold about the proposals as well, because it's either they follow the values of your company, either yeah. they don't, right? Like, yeah. so there is no, I mean, I don't want to say there is no compromise because that's not what I mean. But you know, there, there, you want to keep the identity of the firm and and the values that you stand for um, alive as much as as possible. Absolutely. We have a question from Wendy. Um, <laughs> what com what company is she from? <laughs> MVRDV, guys. MVRDV. <laughs> um, so yeah so thank you so much sarah for being here i really appreciate it i loved her conversation because this is a first on yeah. business development and oh, nice. I, thought, I thought um you're the perfect person to to speak about this so i'm very happy 
um, to have you here today. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, I do. I mean, I, I, it's great talking with you, first of all, but um, also I, I like talking about the work because I think it is something different. Um, as you said, it's a different path also for people who are in, in architecture and so forth. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I'm happy to be happy to be chatting. Yeah. And uh, where can people find you? Where where can they connect? Yeah, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Um, also, you can learn more about the work that we do because <laughs> I try yeah. to post uh, often and share more. So yeah, that's a good place to reach me. Yeah, great. And we'll see you hopefully at the MIPIM as well. I'm trying to encourage people to go. So uh, we'll be there. We're starting to uh, create our lists and uh, make some invitations for doing some meetings. So yeah. Uh, a couple of people from my team will be joining me. Um, so I can't wait to see you in person. Yeah, me too. Me too. How cool is that? Yeah, looking yeah. forward to it. So thank you, Sarah. And thank you, everyone that has tuned in. And um, we see you next week for some more adventures. <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs>